and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm joined today by Claire. Hiya. And by Paul. Hi. And today is our 50th episode, uh, which we're really excited about because it also happens to be our Christmas episode. Yeah, so we have brought our questions about Christmas and we're going to be sharing that shortly. But before we go on to it, I just want to mention the listener group. So if you're listening to these podcasts and you feel like you want to join in the conversation further, we have a space to do that online. So uh, to find it, just head to Facebook and search SSOM Listener Group and it should appear for you just there. And we'd love to carry on the conversation in that space. But now back to today's episode and our icebreaker question is what is your favourite Christmassy fact? Well, I was really excited to learn that when Santa Father Christmas is out on Christmas Eve, he has to go quite fast to get around to all the houses. In fact, he has to visit 822 homes a second to deliver all the world's presents on Christmas Eve and would have to travel 650 miles a second. Wow. So I was quite impressed with that. It explains a lot now that we know where the Christmas presents come and any speeding tickets that Santa might get. You know, understandable, Toby. We can all receive our Christmas gifts. Really kind of him to share those statistics as well about his... Um, I wonder what his mileage is like, I guess, is the following question I'd want to ask. Like how economical is it? Or... Yeah, that's it. I mean, with COP26, oh, uh, yeah. they'd want to be finding out what his emissions are like. And... How much petrol does a reindeer need? I don't know. I don't know, but, yeah. They, mu- they must be using well, a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carrots and mince pies, though, that's what they're fueled on. So Carrots and mince as long pies. As people keep leaving them, it's all good. Um, <laughs> we've gone so far off the, off the track. Yeah. What's your fact, Ed? My fact, Paul, is um, that Santa Claus did not always dress up in red clothes. And I think this may be a fairly well-known fact, but I just think it's really interesting that um, Coca-Cola did this <laughs> they they made santa claus dress in red for branding reasons uh, because he used to dress in green was it was it green yeah yeah it was, so, oh. it was the jolly green giant the jolly green giant and now that guy sells sweet corn he does so coca-cola put santa out of a job is that what we're That's saying <laughs> <laughs> i think so <laughs> Right. Well, I'm glad we've got on topic again. So yeah. to bring us back, I've got two facts because my first one's a little bit somber. Okay. Um, but um, the Consumer Product Safety Commission in America estimates that 15,000 people visit hospital because of putting up holiday decorations. Wow. Every year, 15,000 people, and that's America. Yeah, I I um, love. I love that you started a festive fact with the consumer <laughs> consumer product safety commission. Of, of course, course yeah. isn't that where you got your facts from? That's it. They always spread the Christmas cheer at this time of year. Um, so, just a word of warning for anyone who is yet to put up their decorations. Yes. Um, don't rush. Stay safe. Stay safe. Uh, the second one's slightly nicer, and it's from Canada, um, which is why it's nice. I think everyone in Canada is just nice. Oh, lovely. Um, the Canadian Post Office has a program called Ho Ho Ho, where you can write a, t- uh, write a letter to Santa um, with the um, postal code H-O-H-O-H-O, and you'll get a response from Santa. Wow. From the post office. Wow. So kids can write to Santa and get an actual response through the post, which I just thought was a really nice fact. That means that's someone's job. Yeah. I love that. That's great. <laughs> 
probably quite a lot of people, I imagine they get quite when a few. When you say it's someone's job, yeah, it's Santa's job to write the letters. Obviously. Yes, yeah, yes. They, they pass it on to Santa Santa's, and then he passes. Of yeah. course. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that, Claire. I wouldn't want to be misconstrued. Absolutely. I think it's clarifying. Clarifying, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Got Google Paul and clarifying Claire. It's good. So, our first proper question is about Christmas traditions. Um, and yeah, there are loads of them out there, aren't there? Loads of different people do different things at Christmas, whether that's seeing friends, seeing family, going to church. Um, putting up certain decorations or uh, visiting different relatives. It, it can be all sorts of things, can't it? Um, but I just wondered, what what are your favourite Christmas traditions that you do every year or perhaps you used to do as a child? Or Yeah. Um, I guess mine's quite Route 1 for a Salvation Army Bands person. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like Christmas caroling. Like it, it's very right. cold at the time. Like some some yep. sessions of like two three hours of standing in minus three, Caroline are quite yep. difficult. Um, but we didn't do many last year for COVID, and there's not that many opportunities this year as well for the same thing. And I actually quite miss it. It, mm. it doesn't feel as I don't feel as Christmassy this year. Yeah, maybe just because it's been a tradition, but I do miss that um a little bit. So mm. yeah, that's a tradition that I quite enjoy. I never got on that well with Carolyn because I don't play in the band and I don't sing. So I had that awkward third job <laughs> where they're kind of just around um, and they chat to people sometimes. Maybe they go and... Yeah, I don't really know what I did. I was just around in the cold. Yeah, You were just stood in the cold watching the band. I was just loitering. That's essentially <laughs> what, what I was doing. But Yeah, it was lovely to listen to. It's great to have people around that are willing to talk to people. Yeah, at the um, time I wasn't. No, that, that is an issue. Yeah, I would be now, but um, yeah. <laughs> but also a lot of people aren't willing to talk because we tend to go into places where people are like busy shopping and they've got five kids with them and the last yeah. thing what they want is to stop and talk to someone at that point. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, we tend to have the band um, from Lead Central Salvation Army come over to us here at Copper Beach at Christmas and... Or every year that they've they've done it, I've been hearing about the first time that they came, and the first time they came was just before I arrived, about six months before, and it has become a legend now, uh, because it was so magical. Uh, it was a real sort of they were on the street walking up and down the Copper Beach Avenue, and just as they started playing, snow started to gently fall. Nice. People came to their doors and. Um, there was just joy and peace in the air. That's and the dream. That that is, I, and I hear about it every year, and I'm, I'm gutted that I wasn't <laughs> there. Um, so every year, I hope, I hope this is the year that we get to do something slightly better than that. So then I can be in the story that gets told. <laughs> Love it. I think my Christmas tradition. So many to think of, but one of the things that I've done now since I was 16, so like 17, 16, 17 years ago, is me and my school friends have always had like a little Christmas party at my mum and dad's. And we cool. obviously couldn't have one last year, but this year we've got one and now my friends have like got kids and husbands and partners. So wow. that's a different dynamic and I'm sure they're still going to be past the parcel. Yep. So that's the excitement of our Christmas tradition. That's really cool. I think mine... Well, growing up, because my, my parents were Salvation Army ministers, Sunday morning was just very busy for us. <laughs> uh, my Christmas morning was spent down the hall, um, 
probably like I, I had vivid memories of getting a rate like a remote control car one year and just racing that round the hall at um, at church on Sunday morning and um, then being around helping with the Christmas dinner for for all the people that came um, on Christmas Day. So that was always busy and we would do a kind of our big Christmas meal on Christmas Eve. So every year we'd on Christmas Eve would have a big meal and we'd allow, we'd be allowed to pick one small present off the tree. And my parents would always put a, a Christmas Eve present on the tree, um, which, yeah, was always just the idea that we could do something that, that evening and enjoy that evening before the busyness of Christmas Day. But, yeah, cool. it's not something I do anymore, but I, yeah, I remember it very fondly. It's quite interesting that all of our traditions were... was Your, your party isn't on Christmas Day, right? No. So none of our actual traditions are actually on oh, Christmas Day, that's which a is quite point. interesting. Yeah. I was debating this morning. You know that song I wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh Obviously. yeah. And I was debating that whether whether I did wish it could be Christmas every day. It was the actual it. Christmas day business. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the magic would be lost, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it would. Mm. And you'd never be able to get ready for Christmas because it's always Christmas day. Could you have maybe like the three days like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day? Okay, so you can I get wish ready. It could be the Christmas three days every three days. It's not quite as catchy, but I'd, I'd like that. <laughs> I think the three days of Christmas every six months. All right. Just yeah, increase could, yeah. regularity a little bit. Um, I wonder whether. Although magic... it does seem like six months or less since last Christmas because time well, just yeah. goes and ridiculous. So. Yeah, maybe true. it's all right where it is. I, I enjoy it being Christmas every year. Yeah. I... I'm never disappointed. I wish it could be Christmas every year then. Yeah. They did it. They they managed that. I'm content with the way things are. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is why we're not best-selling artists. No, that's it. Yeah. It's it's the only thing... That's the only problem. ...stopping us (laughs) is that lack of... Talent. I mean... (laughs) Ability. Uh, Okay, so the next question um, that we're bringing is, what is your favourite Christmas carol? And mm. with with the added question of why, we're oh. not just going to reel those off and then ask why go to the well. next question. Okay. So my favourite Christmas carol is, it was on a starry night. And I always like this one, but this is going to sound really sad, right? But when I was at, so it was on a starry night is written by Joy Webb of the Joy Strings, who was like a Salvation Army pop group back in the 60s, maybe? And um, when we, I was at the Salvation Army Training College, they came to do a night, like an evening with the Joy Strings. Oh, wow. I know, it was like, where to be? And at the end, they did a little, we, well, we did a request. We requested them to sing It Was On A Starry Night. And they claim they'd not sung it for years, but, you know, very nice rendition that turns up on my um, Facebook every year in memories that has to wow. be shared. It's that exciting. Yeah, that's such a good song, isn't it? I I remember my first year here, we used it at Christmas. And we said to, um, because we're kind of across denominations, I was like, I did the full intro to this song. Like, well, this is a Salvation Army song. You may not know it. And then we we started it. And they they all knew the actions. They knew it all. And I was like, wow, this is like well beyond the confines of the Salvation Army. But this is terrible for a podcast because you can't explain them. But I didn't know they were actions. Yeah. Are there like well known actions to it, Zona? Is there? I, I think there are actions. I don't know if they're well known. But, they yeah, may as, have been... as someone who plays in a brass band, I don't get much opportunity for actions in a Christmas Actually, carol, but I think 
I think maybe that's something that needs to be addressed with brass bands. Yeah. I think you've got legwork that could be introduced. That's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't know their actions, and I couldn't tell you what they were, um, and I certainly couldn't show you. But yeah, that they, they exist, I believe. So if you know, uh, listener, what the actions are, we'd love you to film yourself doing the actions and post it to the listener group. That would be <laughs> that would be a real treat for everyone. <laughs> Certainly would. What's your favourite Christmas carol, Ed? Uh, can I have two? Mm, oh, yes. Oh, oh excellent. So my first one is Silent Night. Um, not not lyrically, um, because I imagine that it was a baby that acted like a baby, so it may not have been silent. Well, which is an interesting point. Was Jesus serene and uh, as kind of uh, you know spoken about in some of the songs, or was he? Did he act like every other child? I tend to err towards the, the side of he acted like every other child in that he, he maybe screamed, but maybe that's heretical. I don't know. Yeah. But he is fully human, so absolutely. He's he fully cry, human. Right? Yeah, yeah. He must. He must have. He cried later, didn't he? He cried as an adult. So he cried as yeah. So good point. Good point. That is a good point. So he cried as an adult. But all the Christmas carols say that he was like meek and mild, or yeah. Um, no crying. No, he made. Yeah. I'm not, and the Bible doesn't say that, does it? No, there's a lot that the Bible doesn't say that the carols say. Yes. And that the carols have become our Christmas story rather than the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to write a new carol that said, the baby didn't sleep very well and Mary was exhausted. And there was no donkey. There was no donkey. The three kings weren't there. And it wasn't quite a stable. No. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Again, I th- we're not best-selling artists and no sure that's it i feel like it might need more work than we're giving it credit for but yes back to why i like silent night um musically i just think it's lovely (laughs) it's just a really nice tune and it's always been one that that stuck in my head and i think it's just got that that it's captured if not lyrically that that um peaceful well i guess it is a piece peaceful lyrics whether it's accurate or not we I guess doesn't matter, but uh, it's it it just feels very Christmassy to me. Um, but recent in recent years, I've really grown to like in the bleak midwinter, which is funny because I used to take the mick out of it as as a child. <laughs> We're like every time, oh, why it's Christmas? Why are we talking about a bleak midwinter? It's all very, um, but yeah, the lyrics to that I think are a lot more substantial in a way. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to have two as well then, but one of mine was oh, going to be okay. In the Bleak Midwinter, but oh, I'm still going to have two. What, what, explain why you wanted In the Bleak Midwinter then. Um, partly for the music, because yeah, it's really it's, nice. it's lovely. Um, but I really like the words as well. Mm. They're like, they're just, it's, it's a good, it's just a, a nice Christmas carol, even though it's, the, the title sounds unsurprisingly bleak, bleak yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not, really. No. No. Everything else about it is not very bleak. Um, yeah, it's just good. Mm. Um, and Jamie Cullum's done a version of it, I think. Y- yes, I've heard that, and that's which, that's always which helps. Yeah. Um, but I'm not gonna have that one. Okay. Because that was yours. Okay. Um, I'm still gonna have two though, so I'm kind of oh. I'm getting two and a half out of this. Wow. I'm getting my money's <laughs> worth. Um, so I'm gonna go Oh Holy Night. Yeah. Um, for two reasons, I'm getting all the, all the carols and all the reasons mm. um like you said about silent night the music for oh holy night is yeah really really gorgeous. nice um but i really like the words of that as well 
Um, mm. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Mm. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I think that's a really nice, like, two yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, and sums up the actual meaning of Christmas really nicely. Um, my second one mm-hmm. that was going to be in the bleak midwinter, but I was trying to choose between that one and who is he. Yeah. Um, two very similar. I would put them in the same bracket of carols. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just a really quite, quite a laid back carol. Um, but again, really nice words. Um, and that's, that's my mum's favourite carol. Um, and Mm. so I've heard that quite a lot and it's just a, yeah, it makes me feel very Christmassy when I hear that. Yeah. I like that one. I feel like I've got two two honourable mentions I want to throw in as well. Um, <laughs> I, I think this could be, this could go on for a while. I was just talking about favourite Christmas songs, but I guess um, oh Christmas carols. There's a distinction there, isn't there? But there's yeah. two new ones. Well, not new, but like modern songs that I really like. Um, have you heard of Down Here, the band? Um, they're a Christian band, but they did this song called How Many Kings. And that is like just so good. The the chorus says, "How many kings step down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? And how many gods have poured out their heart to romance a world that's torn all apart? How many fathers gave up their sons for me? Only one did that for me." And it's just really lovely. Um, yeah. And the other is oh, season. Oh, sorry, go on. I've just taken a note. For, you know, from my upcoming carousel. Yeah. How many kings? And the other seasons um, from the Hillsong. Christmas album, uh, yeah, which, like, I, I, it's, you know those songs that when they come on in the car, you just have to stop the conversation and you turn it up and you just sit and listen to it. Yeah. I don't even try singing along, mainly because I can't, but, um, yeah, it's... What was that one, sorry, what was that called? Seasons. Seasons. By, by Hillsong. Taking a note of that. Oh, it's so good. Um, oh, I can keep going because that's made me think of one. Oh, go on. We've got we've got we've got time. <laughs> um, this one's by Sovereign Grace. Oh, um, and it's called "Who Would Have Dreamed." Right. And I want to read the chorus of that. Go for it. Who would have dreamed or ever foreseen that we could hold God in our hands? The giver of life is born in the night, revealing God's glorious plan. Wow, that's very good. Yeah, it's it's a really really nice carol. Yeah. So Claire, just keep keep noting down. You can just have a full songs of praise Christmas. Yeah, on it. Well, now that we. Carrying on with the carols or the yeah. songs. There's one that I like by for King and Country called Baby Boy. Okay. And it says, if you told me all about your sorrows, I'd tell you about a cure. If you told me you can't fight the battle, there's a baby boy who won the war. The war was won by a baby boy. And it's that real reminder that somehow in the humility and in the humanness of Jesus, yeah. that actually all that we are facing and all the struggles that we go through, yeah. that is the message of Christmas of how he saves us yeah. from no struggles. Nice. I love that. You know, I think we need to throw together a some sort of miracle Christmas playlist. Yeah, let's just say we've thrown a lot of lyrics at people there yeah. to be listening. Like if if you're driving in the car now and we've just given you a load of lyrics and loads of song titles, I apologise. So yeah, what we're going to do, we're going to make a some sort of miracle playlist with all of these songs and I'll, I'll message Nick, I'll message Jacob, Lauren and Emily and we will make sure that we get suggestions from everyone to put a playlist together. And we'll post that in the listener group. So if you want to listen uh, to that playlist, just head there, Facebook SSOM listener group, and you'll find all of our favourite Christmassy songs there. 
Uh, and we'd love to hear your suggestions too. Uh, so make sure you reply to that post or comment on that post with what you think should be added and we can do that. I'm sorry that we've not left too much room. We've gone through quite a lot of good songs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But I'm sure there's more. Yeah. So we've been thinking about a little bit about our Christmas carols and our Christmas traditions. And we were saying about how some of what we know of Christmas is from the carols, talking about the three kings, the little donkey, and perhaps necessarily what we see in the Bible story and what we see within culture and tradition doesn't necessarily always match up. And I heard that apparently uh, the Vatican, um, St. Peter's Square <coughs> in the Vatican, this year their nativity scene is coming from Peru. And on this nativity scene, there are going to be Peruvian animals such as alpacas, vicunas, vichachas, and Andean flamingos. And that the wise men are going to carry popular superfoods, including quinoa, kiwicha, and potatoes. Wow. That's perhaps a little different in terms of what we are used to with our nativity scene. But do you think it matters, kind of, the facts of the nativity story and what we understand of that nativity story? Or can the message kind of work through however we tell that story? I think I'm definitely on the side of it doesn't matter, especially in this context. I love the idea of taking the Christmas story and going, what does that look like? If that, what would that look like for me here where I live? Like what, what would it mean for Jesus to come and for this story to be played out in, in, in my context? And I think that's not a an exercise of saying, actually, no, that's now what happened. <laughs> and I don't think the Vatican are going to be arguing that, Actually, there were llamas at the birth of Christ. Um, maybe they were. I don't know. I don't know. It seems yeah. unlikely. It seems unlikely. But um, I don't think they're going to be arguing that that's factually what happens. But actually, that I, I don't think it, it takes away from the story um, for me. I think arguing that flamingos and llamas were there might add to the story. Yeah. If it's going to be any, if anyone was born in Israel with llamas and flamingos, it would be Jesus, right? Oof, that's a that's a statement, isn't it? Well, if if Noah can if he can get everyone there for Noah, then he should be able to get everyone there for Jesus, surely. I guess you make a very good point. I guess it's doable, isn't it? Because um, in love, actually, they had a lobster at the nativity play. They did. Yeah. But obviously, the actually is a factually true story. Isn't it? <laughs> I imagine the Vatican used that as precedent for it being okay as well, didn't? Um... <laughs> um, but I think. Is it Matthew and John? Luke. Is it Luke and John? So Matthew and Luke? Um, Which John is in two of the... John's the whole, in the beginning was the word, and the word was yes. with God, yeah. and the word was God. Which is like some of my favourite bits of the Bible. But um, yeah, it's uh, Matthew and Luke. But they, they, they tell it very differently, don't they? I think. Yeah. So Luke has the shepherds and Matthew has the wise men. Yes, I believe. Sorry, yeah. Um, Mark and John don't actually mention his birth, like in a nativity style, yeah. at least. Um, and the other two are quite different in how they approach yes. what happened and who was yeah. who was there, and sort of the the build up to it. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it can be used as a, a story to show a greater point. Mm. Like Jesus would have told stories. Yeah. And, well, if you look at the way that Matthew and Luke tell the story, they're both trying to get different points across, aren't they? So, like, Matthew tells the story to be like, okay, Jewish people, listen up. This guy fulfills all the prophecies. And he tells the story emphasising all the points that fulfills all the prophecies of of the Old Testament. Whereas Luke is like, oh, listen up, like all, all women and Gentiles and um, shepherds and all those that were excluded and pushed down and the last and the least and the lost. I've got a throat in there. I've done the other two. Um, and um, and he includes those, which I guess is that interesting thing there where when they look at who are the, the, the guests of honour that come to the to see Jesus, Matthew brings the kings and the wise the wise men, um, and um, Luke brings the shepherds and the people that are would be considered kind of nothing in that society. So, um, yeah, it's it's how do you want to tell this story and what do you want to draw out? Uh, I think we've got room. I don't know. <laughs> And I guess the reality is whatever story we hear, when you when you listen to a story, you bring yourself to it anyway. So yeah. I guess all of us would hear the story in a slightly different way anyway. Yeah. So if we can relate it and if it can seem relevant to our lives, mm. the message that comes through it, this, some people love the facts, don't they? And in terms of working out this, there's putting it all together and how that looks like. But sometimes that's hard to do with, with the Bible anyway, there are some things which we have to look at it from what is the truth in mm. that. Yeah. And I think particularly like in our in like 21st century Britain, we like we like that factual chrono- chronology of everything and in terms of like CCTV evidence in terms of what happens. And we haven't got that with the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, and yet still the message. The message of what that is is still so relevant to our lives today, regardless, perhaps, of the facts or the yeah the things within it. Yeah, I think you can spend so long looking at looking into those facts, trying to work them out, that you miss completely the the point that the author is trying to put together in each story as well. Like you said, Ed, one is wanting to point to the fact that the the least of people are included in that, mm. and when if you're spending so long trying to sort of figure out how it actually went together, you're going to miss those points and miss the, the overarching points of each perspective. Yeah. So no, I think I think it's all right. I think flamingo, <laughs> flamingos are allowed. So then, if you could tell the nativity story with oh. a particular theme or angle, what would you go for? My, my initial thought there was, you know, in the film Nativity where the guy's like, we're going to tell the story just from the perspective of Herod. It's never been done before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be that. I think that would be quite traumatic. Um, oh, I'd like to see... So did you know, this is a slight tangent, but I am going to pull it back around, so go with me on it. Okay. Did you know Lion King was based on Shakespeare? Was um, it? So Lion King one was Hamlet? Yeah. Or is it Macbeth? It's either of those. I think it's Hamlet. but it I think it's Hamlet too, but if it's Macbeth, I apologise, listener. And then Lanking 2 was on Romeo and Juliet. Um, I'd like to see... I think 3 was like a mishmash of... 3 things. was a mistake, yeah. is what it was. But I'd like to see 4 being on Jesus, on the birth oh. of Jesus. I think that would be quite oh, a cool lion-themed. 
Blimey. I told you it would come back around eventually, but you did have to go with me for a, a minute. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can top that. I think that's really good. I win. That's Maybe it. we'll get in touch with Elton John. Yeah. It'd be like Jesus Christ Superstar meets the Lion King. Yeah. Oh wow. He didn't write Elton John. He didn't write Elton John didn't write that Was that Andrew Lloyd Webber? Or is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We'll get them both in. We'll get them both in. I'm and Joy Webb as well. And Joy Yeah. <laughs> What a powerhouse of a team that would yeah. be. Excellent. That's the only Carol writer I know. So. so that's all we have time for uh, in this episode and this year. So thank you all so much for journeying with us this year and listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate all the time that you've spent listening and all the ways that you've interacted with us. Um, we're going to take a break for January. So, um, if you don't see, well, you won't see any episodes coming up in January and that's, that's okay. That's, that's what we're doing. And then we'll be back, uh, in February. So we hope that you have a really wonderful Christmas and a great new year as well. Be well. Be well.